They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child! They're coming for you! Look! There comes one of them now! He'll hear you! Here he comes now! I'm getting out of it! John! Do 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 do! Switch Mania Playcast! Welcome to episode 49 of the Switch Mania Playcast! The Chucky Soul! Where we all get high without doing drugs. Says you! Now I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is a, an interesting game of the week to the point where it's even tough to find information on this game online <laughs> because it's literally a single word. <laughs> and it's new. It just came out. We, we got it just as it came out. Yeah, we got it because it... it it came out uh, about a week ago, but like, yeah. but the name of the game, it's like it's like one of those where you have a book title that's uh-huh. obscure, or you have something that has a star in the name, and you just can't find it online, like, uh-huh. that's going to be the tough part of the developers promoting the game, is going to be like, alright, so uh, people can't find it because the eShop's full, plus... The name of the game. There's a lot of games with the name Stone somewhere in the title that pop up before it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I only found it because I went through uh, the coming soon section as I normally do when I'm bored and I'm just sitting on the couch and I just saw this. Like, I just saw a koala bear with the word Stone, and I'm like, all right, let me just click into it. And I watched the trailer. I read the short description. And I'm like, this is pretty interesting. Like, it, it caught my attention. And I definitely would not have known about it otherwise. So I had gone to Twitter. And I always kind of just try and take a picture and say, hey, you know, upcoming game that caught my attention, check it out. And I tagged Convict Games, the developer, and they reached out to me. And they're like, oh, thanks for sharing. Are you interested in reviewing it? So I mentioned we have the Playcast. And they were gracious enough to send us three codes for us to play through it and, and talk about it, which we'll do today. But yeah, I mean, um, they're definitely very active on social media. I just didn't know about them before I saw this game. And it just goes to show, like, there's a lot of great developers out there, a lot of really interesting games that you really have to look for them sometimes because depending on what their advertising budget is, whether they're promoting it, it could just be another game that comes on the eShop that you just don't know about. And this is going to be a episode where the listeners are going to be like, what the heck, once we start talking about it, because... Uh-huh. Like, our subtitle of the episode is Full Movies on the Switch? Question mark. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. So people are going to listen like, oh, that's great. And then we're going to talk about, like, exactly the nuances. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Before we jump into it, though, as always, uh, be sure to leave us a rating over on Apple Podcasts. So we appreciate any kind of feedback, comments, even those that say that they know I'm an author. It's good stuff, though. Either way. <laughs> um, You're still hung up on that, aren't you? Oh, all day. All day. Now, oh, the thing is, though, is that it's it's always hilarious to me. Because it's, 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 it's my... Do you think I should tell him now that that was me? Or should I just keep it going? <laughs> well, I know it wasn't you. You, you do realize that you're only a mean person when someone has a game yeah. or a cover of a game that you don't have. See, see, Jeffrey, you can't let that review go. Barry can't let a little threaten go. I mean, and, and I mean, if, if, if you really test me, if you test me, JP, if you test me, JP, I'll just pay Barry and he'll drive over and smack you. <laughs> He's done it before. <laughs> As he leaves his house, I'll be waiting in the bushes to run in and grab my game. So you go for that. 
Barry's not going to leave the house. Barry's not going to leave the house. Anyway. <laughs> We've had episodes on Barry's process on what he does. <laughs> he's, yes. not, he's not so, going anywhere. So as we near year seven of COVID-19, I'm just curious how everybody's week was. Year seven. <laughs> so, um, so interestingly is... Um, the Switch Collector, as always, is for sale of Switchopedia.com. The book should be arriving. The whole print run should be arriving around the 22nd, uh, which is only a few days after this recording, like maybe yep. five days. But it does take time once it gets to the warehouse for them to catalog everything and get it in their system. And then they begin shipping. Um, I do everything manually when it comes to the shipping instead of just letting like a database do it because mm -hmm. i'm going to manually put in on every single damn order please bubble wrap this order like because mm -hmm. otherwise they will get away with it and now if i do it that way and somebody they don't get bubble wrap on somebody's order like i'll just be like hey it was in the notes in the instructions right. so that way because I've, I've learned my lesson with these damn print runs. So everybody should be getting, within the next two weeks, should be getting their books. Um, that doesn't mean all the extra items that go along with things. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still waiting on the arcades to come in. I'm The the actual wooden book covers, um, they haven't even been... Or the um, Oz pin has not even been able to use the workspace to create them to send to me. Then I have to stain in hand ink that take eight mm -hmm. hours per for all 30. Um, like, so do those get shipped out separately from the book then? If or people do the people who backed it with the, with the wooden case, do they have to wait? Well, JP, if I want to pay about $8,000 out of my own pocket to ship stuff early, they could, but or if any mm -hmm. backer wants to pay extra shipping to get it early, I'm okay with that. Otherwise, mm -hmm. if I charge $30 for shipping, people will complain, as you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. They already complain about how high shipping is. If I'm charging shipping twice, like it's one of those things, man. It's I, I I will say like shipping has become so ridiculous because I you know I ship stuff everywhere and recently I tried to ship nine pounds of magazines to the UK. It was yeah. ninety dollars. So the person was like, no. Then I tried to ship I think ten or eleven pounds. It was a Wii system with just a few games and cables to California. It came out to between thirty and forty dollars. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Even domestic has just gotten so expensive, and I just don't remember it being that high. And you know, I don't get any notifications saying, "Oh, shipping rates are increasing." But yeah, it's a it's a bad time right now to be shipping. Unfortunately, um, anywhere that's not like next door, because it's just it gets to be so expensive. I think maybe one of the benefits of a book is you can ship it media mail, which drives the cost down. Because I have to ship priority, um, but if you're doing it overseas, you can't do media mail. You have to do just, I think it's like priority international um, or first class international is the cheapest, and it's just, it gets to be so expensive. And remember, once it's no longer just a book, aka all of the other items with the right. product, it's no longer media mail. So, like, right. and if they catch that, like, if I just go, oh, just just put it as media mail because there's a book in there, they'll um, send it right back to me and charge me a yeah. fee. Like, it's insanity. And, I mean, it's it's part of the thing, though, when people are creating stuff. Like, you just got to give mm -hmm. them the benefit of the doubt. It was like, I know we were, I read somewhere from, I think it was from Josh from Limited Run, said they uh, usually spend about $300,000 in shipping just to make sure the prices are reasonable. Like, every year. 
<laughs> That's crazy. It's like insane. Like I was like, well, any startup or smaller company, I mean, me with my book publishing is like, it's the same deal. Like, I can't afford that. So like I have to charge people what it is. Like it, it's like crazy to me, but they are going to be arriving. Um, and the irony is, is that we hit right before my, um, it's not the printing company, but the company in between that actually contacts all the companies overseas for me. They're mm. uh, having financial issues with COVID. So, like, oh my. we got in right under. <laughs> like, so, like, the next uh, book release that I'm doing, which is the Friday the 13th one, it's going to take mm. a while until it gets over because, like, I got to wait until that company uh, has a fallout right. or whatever happens. Like, like, things are getting real, and it's not totally. slowing down. That <laughs> 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 is insane. Um, do, okay, we, how do, we, yeah. do we have any feedback from um, well, the last episode? Well, we do have episode. on Twitter that people are going to just call you Jerry from now on. I think that's just a staple. Yeah, yeah. So we have our, our I, I like to call them the core listeners on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They always interact with us. They're great. Um, I think they find the humor in, <laughs> in that one person's, you know, misspelling of your name. That's just, it's just stuck now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like episode 300 and we're just going to be calling you Jerry. That's right. Um, in- interestingly, we're recording this uh, a couple days later because I had family visiting, and so I didn't do the um, the Switchmania Saturdays or Switch. Yes, Switch. Oh, that's right. We passed that, didn't we? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do that one because we didn't record, so I wouldn't have been on the next game anyways. Um, right. Plus, I had family in town, so I mean, yeah, every every once in a while, like there just won't be a Switchopedia Saturday or Switchmania Saturday because like life, like that's the the deal of the podcast too. However, I think I just interrupted JP, and so Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? I'm here? Holy crap. Hi, guys. Welcome, <laughs> oh, Barry. You? It's so nice to be here. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, how have I been? I, I've been doing well. Um, you know, I, I'm not going stir-crazy at all because I'm used to being at home, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just that's usually how I am. Uh in fact, most people would be like, oh, my God, you know, having to see my wife every day consistently. Oh. Like, I love having my wife working at home. Uh, it's great because we get along and we get to play Animal Crossing. So it's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, my whole week since the last thing has been nothing but <laughs> Animal Crossing outside of the game. Like, I haven't touched Trials of Mana and I want to. It's just, Me like, too. I went through this whole thing of, like, I have to redesign my entire island. So I've been redesigning my entire island. I spent like 30 hours on wow. over three days. I kicked my wife out of the living room. I'm like, you can't even see it till it's done. <laughs> and it, I'm still working on it now. Like I, I had it to a presentable point and now I'm still doing like final touches. I had a friend come over and the first thing he said was, okay, so, so you beat Animal Crossing. What's next? <laughs> beat it? <laughs> hey. How many hours would you say you have in the game now? Uh, according to the thing, it's over 200, but Oof. that's not... That's like some of it's just sitting there and waiting and like AFK time and stuff. Hey, but, hey Barry. And I, I spent a good 30 hours redesigning the island because it's like when you when you get something in your head, it's weird with Animal Crossing because the spacing is a little odd. And anyone who has ever used fencing in the game, uh, you know that they're like a half step. So it looks like you should be able to push something closer and you can't. And um, it, it's almost like the way I made my island, it's almost like Tetris. Where one thing directly infected another thing, uh, you know, infected another thing. So I had to shrink and grow uh, real design aspects of my ones, 
Uh, it's real, real design. And, and then, then, of course, I'm like, all right, this section's done, and I'm working on another section. Like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I suddenly get this inspiration. Oh, my God, what would be great in that other section? I need to add this, and I do it. I'm like, oh, that looks so much better. So uh, it, it never ends. I'm still adding things. Wow. Uh, and and it, it's fun like that because it, it, you have to work within the, the tool set you're given and mm-hmm. you constantly find new items or, or friends find new items and they let you catalog them or you get a new DIY and go, oh, my God, that, if I had that earlier, let me change it around. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned – Hey, wait, wait, wait. So, so uh, Barry – um, I will have to say you need to get on my, my wife's level, though. She um, is a bit ridiculous now. She started a second island by taking my daughter's Switch I got her for Christmas. Um, so she has another island, So she and she also set it in a different hemisphere so she can get different fish and items and things and trade with herself. Yeah. And so now she has <laughs> two different islands. The second island, she's setting up like Jurassic Park with fossils all over the place. And, oh, my gosh. And she's on what's called Nookazon, so listeners that aren't aware, yeah. there's an online community where you can post, like, on a Facebook group and otherwhere, and elsewhere, where that you can post all of your stuff, like, hey, I got a blue stool. I want to find a red stool. And they literally do trades online and visit each wow. other's visit each other's islands to get specific items for specific con- like creation like my wife has literally taken the obsession to a second another level gets mad when my daughter goes on there and chops down one of her trees oh no <laughs> like, so like i do have to ask um have you something came across my twitter feed regarding animal crossing there was a there's like a japanese twitter account where the person fenced in all of the neighbors and he'd have people visit their island yeah, and I dress them up in like children's <laughs> uniform as like a tour yeah. of a zoo. And I'm like, people have a twisted mind in this game. There's <laughs> a lot you can do. Yes. Um, I'm not at that level in the sense. Um, I have. <laughs> I don't I have think too many are. Character. <laughs> Uh, that I'm thinking about using just for um, creations, like because you you can have these really cool custom uh, designs, and you can mm-hmm. do so much with them, and I love it. But it's it's one of those cases where Nintendo takes one step forward by letting you do these crazy things, but two steps backwards because they only give you so many spaces, and it's a very small amount, and mm-hmm. you can't even erase one you've used without destroying something you've done. So like if you yeah. created a really cool you know, walkway, and then you're like, oh, my walkway's already laid out, I'm going to change it. No, you've just screwed up your whole walkway. And mm-hmm. it's so infuriating, because you know these images don't take up a lot of space. They're literally small images. Um, why can't we have more? Um, right. you, you know, and some people have created these amazing, elaborate designs that are like 20, 30 pieces. Like, you need your whole thing to have this one design. You can't do anything else in the island. And it's... It's hard, so I'm thinking about creating a second character just for that, for that wow. so I can do more with it because of Nintendo's limitations. But um, no, I, I do trade with people. I'm in like Facebook groups, um, you know, catalog sets with other people, trade DIYs with other people, um, try to inspire each other. But no, I'm not like any, anything of that. You know, I have like <laughs> Southern Hemisphere as well. I'm, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere, and I'm not time traveling, um, with the one exception, and the one exception is. Um, I have gone backwards in time and forwards in time when redesigning my island because if you want to move a building, Nintendo's fashion is you have to wait till the next day. 
And when you have to move, you know, like 10 buildings, that's a lot of time to sit there and waste. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, I just have no choice but to do this because of Nintendo's limitations, just if I want to actually enjoy the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Not going ahead to, to cheat or anything, just I just want to move houses around so I could design my island. So I know a lot of people who are like, you know what, I am going to do that too just because that's the only way to really get around it. Like, it's Saturday. My whole day I want to redesign my island, but this one house is in the way. Well, there goes my entire Saturday. Like, time is so precious. Screw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was that same day when they rolled out the game. My wife got it, like, a day or two late, and it's like, oh, everybody else is doing this, and she has to wait until, like, the weekday yeah. to do some stuff. And it's like, really? Like, she could have just time-traveled forward, but she didn't do Hey, you time travel? You adjust your internal clock in the system? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, but, but like I'm, said, I'm a little testy with that. If you go forward, you know, then it's like, you know, some people will, like, oh, I've already got Christmas stuff, and uh, or, or they've, they've already been down in December, you know, they got the snow stuff. And I, it's one of those things where I'm not, I'm not keen on that because there's enough to do um, for me to be entertained every day. I'm only doing it backwards and forwards quickly just because of the moving thing because <clears throat> I think that's a stupid limitation. And, and again, it's a, one of those one step forwards. You can move everything two steps backwards, including if you move a house or any building, it has to be 100% clear. So I tried to move one house over just a little bit, and just the corner of the dashed outline was touching the very house I was moving, and it wouldn't let me do it. It's like, that's interfering with that other house. And I'm like, wait, but that's the house I'm moving, so there won't mm-hmm. be any interference. So I actually had to move it somewhere else and then move it back. So I had to move it twice, pay 50,000 bell each time ah. just because of that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think if you're going to be like, I want to terraform my island, I want to really do these great designs, I don't think you're going to be able to do it without doing that backwards forwards trick to move houses because otherwise you're going to be you're going to like a week and a half before you can even do anything oh my Hmm. man a lot of forethought and planning like so um i've been playing a unique game besides for continuing doom 64 um i've been playing a unique game uh it was download only it was announced on one of the last nintendo um, little Nindy things. Um, it might have just been on the actual Mini Direct, but it's called Super Mash. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, the game is hit or miss. I literally wanted to buy it just because of the retro aesthetic, because that's just, like, right in my lane. Um, and so I played it, and why it's hit or miss is that, like, the, the premise of the game is that you take two genres mash them together and play a weird and wild creation based on that combination. And there's like, mm-hmm. quote unquote, infinite combinations. So you could play like a platformer with shoot 'em up aspects or an RPG with stealth mechanics or uh, a Metrovania, because they didn't put Metroid, a Metrovania <laughs> with Legend of Zelda style aspects to it like link to the past like action adventure aspects but Mm -hmm. where it's hit or miss is like number one is that most of the mashes have a time limit um limitation so like you have Mm -hmm. five minutes to find as to kill this one enemy or you have five minutes to collect a hundred coins and then other ones is unlimited but something happens in the game that soft locks you out like you have to do, I don't know, kill this one boss in the shoot 'em up stage, and he never spawns. 
<laughs> or like, like, or you go into an RPG thing and you're so underpowered that they kill you and you can't win. Like it's so like that. It's a little weird. However, um, what I've seen though is that the developers are very passionate about it, um, and we're doing constant updates in their Discord channel uh, with mm-hmm. feedback. But this was before the Nintendo Switch release. So, mm-hmm. like, back when they were doing the Steam release or whatever they were releasing it on, they were, like, making constant improvements. And they're still planning to release more genres in the game. But, like, it's really interesting that um, that there's, like, a whole aspect where you could have some awesome creations. There's a, um, a whole, like, game store that you're in, in in the game where you hop around you literally the character hops like bounces around looks like a riff from pixel game squad uh, and he like just hops around and then talks to people uh they give you like i would really want to play a hard game and you can you can adjust the difficulty from easy normal hard and you can do short medium and long games when you before mm-hmm. you mash them up and so like people just ask you that as a little like fetch quest quote unquote and then there's a story that talks about it which is somewhat interesting um but the thing is is that there's no user or developer created games or levels there's Mm -hmm. a journal that you use that if you play like say you do the stealth game and there's find the blue key card and then find the red key card and as you go through the mashes you can unlock those in the game and then after you get all four of them you get a boss fight the boss fight has is completely like created and i was like man they should have they should have some games or levels or some kind of each genre or examples that they created professionally to show you the best opportunity and they don't have any of that um they may in the future i hope they do um the other thing is is that there's the difficulty isn't necessarily um, based on, like, enemy damage or health. It's glitches. So there's good glitches and there's bad glitches. And if you do easy, you get a good glitch. If you do normal, you get a good and a bad glitch. And if you do hard, it's, like, one good glitch and two bad glitches. So, like, a bad glitch could be you're doing a platformer and it disables jumping. Or you're, or you're doing a Zelda game, and you can only go to the left once you go on the screen. So if you move to the right, it automatically goes to the left and brings you back onto the screen. Hmm. <laughs> like, like so. Some I kind of like that mechanic. It's very cool. It's it's cool, but then it turns into frustration when you're trying to beat a level. And then what happens is you just have to quit the game and do another mash to try to find one that doesn't break itself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that's game development in itself. Maybe it's a little meta. <laughs> um, maybe. But, like, it's just... It's some pieces where, like, you should be able to... I don't know, pay... Because there's, like, a lot of credits that you can get. You Like, you get coins if you do a match for someone. Maybe you should be able to pay a credit to disable that bad glitch in that mm-hmm. game. Then you could literally, like, all right, now I can't jump. Let me pay some of my currency. Um, mm-hmm. to disable that so I can beat the game. Like, that would be kind of right. cool. Um, but, like, it's cool. I it's, It doesn't have a physical yet. Um, haven't seen any announcement for a physical. As it mm-hmm. stands until everything is ironed out, 
um, kind of like Panzer Dragoon, um, I think that they should absolutely wait and get everything perfect before they even think about doing a physical on this one. Um, well, that's good that you mentioned Panzer Dragoon because I was just thinking I want to give you a trans- developer. I want to give yeah, you a transition. transition. Yeah, I want to give you a transition, JP. Go ahead, JP. Well, Panzer Dragoon had a very big update this week. Um, I think mm-hmm. was it huge version three, one point three or one point zero three. Yeah, I, ca- I call I call 1.2 the Switch Mania Playcast update. There you go. <laughs> and then one point three uh, will be the hopefully the limited run game release <laughs> and the kitchen the sink update. Josh has said that. I don't think the carts went into production yet, so they are able. They should be able to incorporate that, but they fixed a lot of the stuff we were talking about uh, in terms of the mechanics, the controls. They had episode zero, which I had to read up on because I wasn't. I hadn't played the Saturn version in the past, but apparently there was a code you could put in in the Saturn version to unlock. I think like an unlimited unlimited mode, if yeah. I recall correctly. Um, but there was a lot of good updates. Like it to me, it makes the game feel on its way to the definitive edition of what Pandra Jagoon should be. Because um, everything I was reading about, I don't have the list in front of me, but it was just like, yeah, these are updates that were requested and definitely needed. And it yeah. makes me want to go back and, and play through the game again and just see, you know, how were the controls fixed and, and whatnot. So I, I was happy to see that. And it's, it's good to see that it sounds like that's the version we're going to see on the physical release. I did see us get tagged when they announced it and said, hey, can you guys do an update on the Playcast? <laughs> yeah, okay. Once well, the physical def- comes out. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. Like, I think yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, yeah so, I'm so, happy about that, though, because at least they're listening, and that's just yes. it. You know, that, that, is, that is the real benefit to digital first and then physical, especially in today's day and age, because if you think about how many... How many uh, games like on the NES and the SNES and, and Genesis and all that are buggy or the you know screwed up mm-hmm. and oh man this is, it could be exploited um, you know there, there were no real patches you know, certain games had revisions like uh, I think it was Mortal Kombat uh, 3 or Mortal Kombat Trilogy on uh, like the PS1 like the greatest hits version actually is a better playing mm-hmm. game than the regular you know like uh, Ocarina of Time of course had different revisions based on the card so this is kind of cool because they can put out a game and get it out by deadline and really let people play it and see how they like it and make the changes that are necessary. And then when the physical comes out, get this really pristine, this is the version that when the servers are down, this is the version you want to play, as -hmm. opposed to some other companies where they throw out a, a crappy game that definitely needs a patch or even a day one patch. And then when the servers are down, we have that crappy buggy version is the only thing we can play. I think it's a yeah. good benefit of like the digital marketplace too, is it allows those games that are getting a physical in the future some time to marinate, some time to to actually get some some feedback that's tested further than a small group where they where developers typically test, and then allows a like ultimate edition to be on the cartridge instead of getting a greatest hits release like a year later. Yeah. Well, we, everyone becomes a beta tester in the sense once the game releases. Yeah. And. Yeah. That's a really cool feeling. Like for us, I mean, we play the game. You have three people providing feedback, and one of us could have spotted something that the other two didn't. Maybe mm-hmm. other people in the community didn't. And just by a simple tag, just saying, "Hey, like we played this game," you know, X Y Z developer, and we noticed this, and that's free feedback that they're getting. I mean, we pay for the game, but that's free feedback that they get 
and they can say, okay, let's take a look at it and, and quickly, you know, resolve that. And you can keep doing that. I mean, will a game ever be perfect? Maybe, maybe not. But like you said, I mean, if the game isn't physical and it may be one day, they have enough time now to gather all that information and, and keep revising it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, JP, did you actually, uh, outside of our game of the week, did you play anything else? I did. Um, so, like I said, I like to go on the eShop, and there's just crazy deals right now. I mean, yeah, there's games as low as $0.04, cents, which is 99% off, because I don't think Nintendo allows... As far as I know, I remember Josh mentioning that he wanted to make Revenge of the Bird King free for everyone, and they wouldn't allow it, so it had to be a penny. Um, but I, I saw games for, like, $0.04, cents, mm-hmm. I mean, 90, $0.90, cents, and, you know, I like to go on, and, and I, I purposely add credit now to my account, so if I see something that just catches my eye... I can easily just buy it. So there's one that I've just been jonesing for, like an experiment, um, escape room kind of game. I just I don't know why I did it once in real life with Shanna, and I really like that. I think it's just fun to be locked in the room and try and solve puzzles. So I came across one. It's called um, the Experiment Escape Room. It was maybe like three dollars. So I did download that and I did try it. I will say I'm not a super fan of it because. I understand that you don't really necessarily give clues in these. Maybe you just give, like, a general story. But, like, I am stuck, like, instantly. <laughs> like, I just, I have no idea what to do aside from looking at everything. And to me, that that doesn't make it fun. Like, I like a challenge, but at the same time, I don't know. I feel like you need to get yourself started. Like, they need to just give you something to just start the puzzle going, in, in my opinion. And I'm just oh, completely man. stuck. And I don't want to go online and try and find like what the first thing I should do is because then that you know it's kind of like cheapens it a little bit so I keep jumping back into the game and again I'm I'm in two rooms like I found a key that's very obvious it opens the door to the hallway you can go into like a storage closet and you can look at pretty much everything like everything you can pick up you can rotate but I'm just stuck and it's just frustrating because I was like okay this isn't really what I was hoping for I was kind of hoping for more of a fun challenging but somewhat doable and i'm just i have no idea what to do so that's a game that i'm gonna keep going back into over the next week or so maybe just you know like kind of grid my grid each area of the room and just try my best but yeah it's a little frustrating because it's not (laughs) what i was hoping to play um aside from that obviously i played the game that we're going to talk about this week and i beat that so i'm happy i had the time to do that and i play rocket league i logged into animal crossing so i can get my mail which Shanna sent me like 10,000 bells because I'm still living in a tent and she wants me to have a house I still don't have a house Denied. I one one day I may have a house I don't know um, but other than that no I can't really say I even downloaded anything else so, so it's just been um, pretty much stone and, and uh, the experiment so JP is an interesting thing that you mentioned is that there's something that I do every week I don't know if I ever mentioned it on the playcast but every mm-hmm. week I go into the eShop and mm-hmm. I look at the deals. And my goal mm-hmm. is find a game under a dollar. And I do mm-hmm. the under a dollar challenge. And so I use my coins that I get from all my physical releases. When I put a game in, I, I cash the coins in. And mm-hmm. so this week, I actually picked up Biolab Wars. Uh, looks like okay. a retro Contra looking game. You got a, a classic Contra looking dude, a Contra looking girl, and then a dog sitting almost in a fishbowl space shoot bubble. <laughs> and um, you run left to right and shoot stuff. 
Uh, just like Contra, but you still can't shoot upward or diagonally up, which is weird mm-hmm. since they did it right on the NES. Um, but it was 49 cents, a.k.a. 49 gold points to buy it. Nice. I, mean, I don't spend a dime every week when I do this, and I find one game. Uh, I played it for a while. It was fun. Second stage, you're like on this like motorcycle as one of the characters, or and you're mm-hmm. like just it's just moving, and you shoot everything, and there's boss fights at the end of each one, and it's really cool. Um, the interesting mm-hmm. thing that I would see is that, like, if a limited company came in and tried to, like, publish something like that, it's like, all right, do I get it for 49 cents or do I spend mm-hmm. 40 bucks on a physical? Well that's, <laughs> well, that's the problem that I see is that a lot of the games that are getting physical that have been announced or have already gotten, they're on such, like, crazy deals. Like, um, this week, pretty much all of Limited Run Games titles that they either published themselves or help publish or they put out physically are on sale, like Cosmic Star Heroin. I think was a dollar forty nine. Yeah. Um, Night Trap was a dollar forty nine. Um, and yeah, you're right. I go through and I actually two things. One, I like that idea of the under dollar challenge. I may I may start that on Twitter and see how that goes because that's we that's should a good start that for game. the playcast. <laughs> yeah, I can mention that. Um, <laughs> the other thing I want to jump back really quick is there was another game that I beat this week. I, I just realized it was this week was Ocean Horn. So I finished that this week at ninety nine percent completion. I just became obsessed with finishing it and. For the life of me, I cannot figure out what that 1% I'm missing because when you jump into an island and you click it on the map, it'll tell you the percentage of completion. So every island I had 100%. Apparently, I started researching online to see kind of you know what I'm missing. The I'll call them the subquests that they have where it's like you know destroy 100 crates or knock an enemy into water, and you get, you get experience points for that. I did all of them as far as I know. The only thing I didn't do was find these three legendary fish, but apparently that isn't supposed to be part of the percentage. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, I may go back and try and do that, but I beat the game at 99%. I had 24 hours in the game, so it definitely is your money's worth. There was enough to do. I know, Jeffrey, you have a different take on the game. It didn't grip you as it uh, captivated me, but I did finish that, and it was a game that was on my shelf for a very long time, ever since they announced it. I think two E3s ago yep. through Limited Run, because that was yeah. the game that I think went on sale during their presentation yep. where they had like X amount of copies on hand and then the rest would be manufactured at a later date. So I've had that since they released it and I never played it. I always wanted to go to it and every time I said, All right, this is the time I'm gonna I'm gonna put the card in, another game came up, so I finally sat down. I really enjoyed it, I liked it a lot. There's a, there is an ocean horn too, but it's not on the Switch, so I'm really hoping we see it at some point because um, I got some feedback on the game from people, and one person said, "Oh, Oceanhorn Two is great." There's like hover bikes or hoverboards, and I'm just like, oh. yeah, "I need this game. I need this game now." Um, so it's been fun, and what's really funny is trying to get the hundred percent. I beat the final boss like seven times because once you beat it, as far as I saw, you save the ge- you can't even save the game and do like post game um, exploration. Like once you're done with the game, that's it. When you go to load the game again, it takes you right back to your last save. So I beat the boss, I realized, okay, I can't do anything else, so I would jump back in, I would leave the boss area, go explore, do more stuff, you know, try and complete everything, beat the boss again, still at 99%, and then finally I just, I threw in the towel, I tagged the developer and the publisher, uh, which was, uh, so I'm just hoping that maybe they'll get back to me and let me know, give me a tip on what I need to do, because I'm just, I'm stuck, and it's so frustrating to not see 100% completion when (laughs) you put the time in. That's funny, though. But yeah, yeah. so I do like the under dollar challenge because there's there's enough there. Even under two dollars, 
I feel like there's so many games right now, and mm-hmm. I mean, you easily can find a good deal if you spend like a minute looking. And yeah, under under to... under two dollars is cheating because I like under a hundred points. Fine, <laughs> under a dollar. <laughs> but anyway, I think we should talk about uh, this week's game. Well, uh, Barry, I know you were you were gonna say something. I don't want to. I was. I was yeah, gonna jump uh, in. in response to um, to JP how you're talking about you like escape room yeah. games. Yeah. Um, you really need to sit down and play the Zero Escape trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're unfortunately not on the Switch right now, but the DS, 3DS, the Vita, PS4, um, they are amazing. They're visual novel style, but in between the visual novels and your decisions are escape rooms where you're put into a room or several, and you have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you, the, the puzzles are very clever. There's multiple solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, like the very first, when you boot up the very first game, um, you're literally in a, a room that is filling with water. You wake up and you have to, oh my God, the room is filling with water. I have to figure out how to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there's that sense of urgency and uh, there's not time-based though. I mean, like you, you, you really can take your time, but it's, yeah. it kind of presents it that way. And it is awesome with the, the saw as like the saw aspect to it, a little bit of horror theme there. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't played them and you like escape rooms, I guarantee you will find those games entertaining. I will put it on the list. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that series, so... <sighs> okay. I may you either have made to JP's pop list. it for another console, or really hope and wish that it comes to the Switch. Just made JP's list. Yeah. Uh, just yes, like did. Barry did with his... <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Made JP's list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Um, now we can probably move on to the game of the episode. Yeah. All right, so um, we alluded to it. It is Stone, uh, developed by Convict Games, uh, released on May 8th, 2020, so about a week ago at the time of this recording. Um, It is a single-player, third-person interactive story where a hungover koala detective wakes up to find his lover, Alex, has been kidnapped. An Aussie stoner noir story (laughs) game by Convict Games. Um, and basically... That's for uh, me and right there. Yeah, I guess so, JP. It's right up your alley. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, uh, it says... So much to this. It says in the description, play this feature-length interactive story. Don't expect shooting or winning or losing and see what happened in the story. Um, yeah, it was rough, but a good life lesson. Enjoy and remember, don't do this at home, you bunch of crazy animals. By the way, the story isn't going to be for everyone. So enter at your own risk, mate. <laughs> That's what it says on the Metacritic, like the Metacritic channel. Like it is so weird. Um, my uh, quick review was um, it's it's super short, but it's an interactive walking simulator. It's literally you watch the story. Um, I wasn't quite gripped by the story too much, just the way that it was unfolded. Um, mm-hmm. it's just me though. I, I, I initially like on Switchopedia Saturdays, I played it for like an hour and I was like, ah, this thing's okay. Um, I went back and actually finished out the entire thing. Uh, we had the little bit of a nugget from the developer, like, Hey, you can watch the entire night of the living dead in game. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what? So, like, there is a theater that unlocks in Act 2, and you can actually go in and watch uh, old noir movies, um, which is a pretty cool feature. Uh, and you can watch them full screen, so it actually looks nice. Um, of course, they're all black and white style, uh, which is interesting. But uh, to me, it was like, it's an interactive story, moves very s slow-paced for being a very short game. Um, but it's really well done with the voice acting. The graphics are noir style, so it's like very muted colors. Um, it goes well. The characters being anthropomorphic uh, animals was really creepy, especially when you finally <laughs> see Alex and it's a parakeet with giant man arms. I had to take a picture of it, like the big old bludgeony hands on this guy. Oh, this parakeet that looks like he's something between, like, I don't know, Sonny Ono uh, with mm -hmm. a big old hat, but then, like, giant man arms that looked creepy. Like, it, like, matched <laughs> what stone the big fat koala bear's arms were. Like, it was, like, really weird. Um, the thing is, though, is at, for what it is, going into knowing what it is, it's not, um, it's not bad. And that's the thing. The story wasn't for me, but it's not mm -hmm. that it's not bad. And, of course, like, I'm not a fan of walking simulators whatsoever. So, mm -hmm. um, like, I like to actually play a game when I'm going in. If I'm going to watch a movie, I want to watch a movie, and then mm -hmm. I j I'm a movie reviewer, so I judge based on cinematography and acting. And for that, this seems like it's a very personal story to the developers. <laughs> I'm just saying. To me, it seemed like it was very personal. They're, like, I... Um, I don't know if there was multiple endings, but I definitely, uh, didn't feel like I got a good ending. <laughs> like, like, it literally, like, like, it was crappy at the end, and then I got to play the post game and run around and kind of make amends, uh, for him being a turd, because the main character's a turd. Um, and you get to choose if you want to be a turd or not, but, <laughs> um, but I don't know if there's multiple endings. Uh, but to me, it's like, the story's very personal to the, the person who wrote it. Um, and it's not that it's terrible, it's just not for me. Um, what about you, Barry? Uh, yeah, so I went into this game completely blind outside of what we knew. Mm -hmm. And I was really shocked when suddenly it was like, chapter one, act two. I was like, oh, oh okay. And then chapter one, act two. Like, each act was just talk to one person. Yep. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, so... And I, I didn't mind it as much because I'm like, all right, this is this is moving at a clip. Like I could deal with this. It's just, this isn't like, you know, really involved. It's more of just like almost reading a story. Yep. Um, and I like that. I I thought that was cool. Uh, I like how it's like go go here or explore. And I realized like this game, it, it's it's almost set up to the point that they're trying to say, go watch a movie, go listen to music. Mm -hmm. um, like we put these things in here, we want to show them off, and that's cool. Um, the story, I agree with you, is a definite personal story. I did have problems with the story, and my mm -hmm. problems came with holes. Like the the whole, you know, the foxes are calling him Roy, and mm -hmm. Roy's from Britain and left his wife, and his wife's paid, and he hasn't paid. And then you find out at the end that he, that Stone's real name is Roy. Mm -hmm. What happened there in Britain? What happened with his wife? If he's gay, why, how does he have a wife? What happened there? Who? Why does he owe money? Like those answers are never given, mm -hmm. and I, I left 
wondering, what are the other holds of this? I was waiting for a revelation, and the revelation was, his name is Roy, all those things really were true, and he was the one they were looking for, but we don't know what he did. What happened that was so bad? Um, why are these guys beating him up and, and you know, busting his eye? And, <laughs> and I just wish I knew those answers. Uh, I, I, I understand that there is no happy ending. I know he can go around afterwards in the epilogue and, and kind of make amends with the little people. And, and I tried to choose the better option for most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to be like, if I'm nice, people, you know, I, clearly this character was a dick uh, prior to the start of this game, and I'm trying to make amends now. I've tried to make amends throughout the whole game. Um, I do wish there was some more closure, which was more, some more answers. Um, so there was a couple chapters or a couple acts where like you're in the past and you get to see how they meet and, and how they are in the house and all that. But, and I, and I, you know what, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been there before where I was in a relationship and, you know, we wound up breaking up and it was like, you keep making the same mistakes. You never learn. You keep doing, I'm like, what? Well, you're not telling me what these mistakes are. You know, like, what do you want from me? And I've been there and it sucks. And there's nothing worse than, you know, things falling apart because of you and you not knowing why. So I got that. I really resonate with the character at that moment uh, from my earlier years. But at the same time, I don't know what he did either. They don't say what his mistake is. They just said he's made mistakes. Um, we don't know what it is. We don't know if his apartment was really trashed by him being drunk um, or what. Seemed like um, it. It seemed like it, but again, it, it's you have to get... Read into it. Yeah, you have to read into, um, read into the story a lot. The, the movies were cool. Um, compressed, uh, sadly, but but cool. Very. They were very compressed. Um, how, how big was this download, by the way, Barry? Like it was like like five gig or something. Oh like that. my god! Yeah, it's it's a big down. Like I'm not gonna be able to keep it on my Switch. It's gotta no. go. It's gotta go. <laughs> but uh, the music, it's cool that they have like licensed tracks um, by up and coming <laughs> artists. Uh, I will yeah. say that I think there was only one track that actually found decent. And, like, in between the chapters, when the chapters end, you, you're you forced to listen to about 30 seconds of a track before you can <laughs> And some of those tracks were, like, I had to mute my TV because, honestly, I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds terrible. And it got <laughs> like, very loud, too. <laughs> very loud, and it was just, like, not my type of music. I don't like this. Have to mute it. Oh, my God. Uh, why are you forcing me to listen to it? Like, please let me hit continue. Um, but, but I understood that, you know, being proud about doing that and all that stuff, like, that's cool. I wish they took that money instead of having licensed music and instead of even letting you watch movies and instead put that to filling the story holes and making a more complete narrative. Um, otherwise it controlled well, um, you know, the voice acting was, was decent. I mean, it was, it was definitely, uh, cool to hear the lingo of, of Australia, uh, just thrown around. I thought some things were unnecessary, like push X to start smoking and then push X to stop was yeah, like, that's not a selling point to me. And it, they even said that at the end of the game, like, Oh yeah, go smoke. Like nothing happens. I push X and walk away. Like that to me, that's not a gameplay feature. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so, so it's cool that you put it in there. It has no gameplay value. You can't walk around while smoking. So you're literally stuck in that position. Um, Dancing too, dancing too. Yeah, dancing, dancing. But at least the dancing was, <laughs> and one of the things was dance and then go talk to them. So I did. I don't know if I really had to dance and talk to them, <laughs> um, but but that at least kind of made sense. You're in the club, but the it, um, it checks the decibels of your TV to make sure you turn it up loud enough for you can continue. <laughs> it, it gets it. Up. 
It's like Takaishi's challenge on the uh, Famicom where you literally have to leave the game alone for 20 minutes before it'll continue. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the one thing I will say also is like you get the choice to be nice or be a dick, but I almost feel like regardless you're going to come to the same conclusion. And the choice is only there to make you feel better. And I could be wrong. There may be a different ending. There might be something completely different if you were a dick the entire time. I don't know. I was an asshole most of the time, and, it, and I had a bad ending. So, okay. So then, then the choice is just there. It, uh, it's a placebo. It's not really a choice. Um, but it's like, yeah, It's like pressing it's a, the button at a crosswalk. It really doesn't do anything except for at least a placebo. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's an ambitious game with a really personal, emotional, sad story to tell that I feel if it was in the cooker for a little bit longer to flesh out some of the story elements, to reveal a little bit more of that, and and it would be a, a better game. But it's short. It's like an hour long, and I think it's $15. Um, well, that's and unless expensive. you want to watch these really compressed movies... On the 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 switch, I, you know, <laughs> I don't think this is a fifteen dollar adventure at all. JP, hi. Bring us home with I'm niceties, JP. <laughs> Bring us home yeah. with niceties, well, I mean, JP. <laughs> I feel like I've developed a relationship with the developer, so I look. You know, I go into a game. I understand that every game is a masterpiece, so I do want to talk about what I feel are the highlights. I completely agree with both of you. Um, at the end of the game for me when they were calling him Roy the first thing I'm thinking is like okay what did I miss in terms of those foxes because clearly that was true and you're right I really wanted to know how did this you know I, you know, person who had a wife lived in, in Britain or you know came over to Australia has which you know I guess it's I mean you may want to call it a spoiler because they don't really ever show you who Alex is in the very beginning they don't refer to him as a gender, you know, he or she. And, yeah, I, you know, I went into the game thinking that it's his girlfriend. And then it's like, up oh, reveal, you know, he's gay. And I said, okay, that's cool. Um, it didn't change the story for me one way or another. But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess they did want to keep that a secret until you get to that chapter. Um, but you're right. I mean, you get to the end, they're calling him Roy. And I go, okay, why are they calling him Stone then the whole time? Where did that name come from? What was his previous life? They don't go into it at all. You're just so adamant the whole time that, He's getting beat up as a case of mistaken identity. Um, so, yes, I think I would like them to explain that. The other thing, I'm, I'm opening it up now because on Twitter, you know, I had shared that you could watch Night of the Living Dead. And a lot of people didn't know that the movie, you know, those options were in the film. And it was very cool that you could sit in the movie theater and, and watch these movies. Some of them as short as three minutes, some as long as I think Night of the Living Dead was an hour and a half or an hour and 51 minutes. And it's the full movie. Mm-hmm. The downside to this, and you know, they've confirmed it because other people are asking, you can't fast forward, you can't rewind, you can't pause. <laughs> so when you go to watch the movie, you need to literally watch it in one sitting. I'm not a fan of that. I thought that was cool, and I, you know, I started watching Night of the Living Dead. I mean, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. I was like, okay, let me, you know, maybe just fast forward, see what the whole movie looks like in terms of quality. Maybe let me exit out, and all of a sudden, you just see yourself in the theater, and then you go back to the main screen. And I go. Okay, that kind of stinks because it's not really that you can just jump in and watch it. You literally have to just sit there and watch it. So, and JP, it's you know, a that's stoner a noir. You're supposed to get stoned and just press play on the movie. And I, like, I guess so. <laughs> now, one thing people may not realize is that Australia's first silent film blockbuster, which was called The Sentimental Bloke, was in this. Mm-hmm. So they did put that in there. Also, um, and this is per the developer, 
the Lynchian short film Little Red Shoe, they made that for the game. Oh, really? So cool. that is, I think that's the only that's one that's in cool. color. Um, but that was made for the game. So I thought that was pretty cool. I did watch it through it. I'm not sure I fully understood the, the short film, um, but I thought that was cool that they added that. In terms of the music, you know, Barry didn't like it. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't actively go to the record shop. You know, I went once just to listen to a few of the tracks. I liked at the end of each chapter you had the music playing. I thought the, I thought yeah. the music was good. And, I, I, I mean, agree. I, I agree, just, JP. I, I enjoyed the little interludes. I'm glad that yeah. you could continue like, after about 30 seconds, by the way. But, like, like if yeah, it was any more. Yeah. Um, I also, I was listening to it, like, on my um, in handheld mode at the point. Because besides for Switchopedia Saturday, um, I was actually mm-hmm. on handheld mode. It was fine. Yeah. I had no problem with it. Um, a few things that I thought were really cool. I, I did like the dream sequences. You know, when you're really small in your apartment walking around or you're in, like, the desert. <laughs> the I desert. found some of the dialogue. <laughs> I yeah, found some of the dialogue funny. Like, I took a screenshot because you walk in the desert to this big TV that's like, you know, talk to so-and-so. And then he says to himself, he's like, I have no idea what to do. And it's just like little subtle things like that I thought were just really funny. Um, this really is, is the epitome, JP, of an artistic film, like an art film. Like, if, yeah. you're, if you're talking yeah. about art house style thing, that's what this game is. It really is. That's the cool piece of it. As a game, not about it at all. 100% not about it. As an art yeah. house film type of experience, it's actually really cool. But it's not yeah, a like $15 <laughs> video game. <laughs> no. If this had been a film, I, it's one that I, I would have watched and I would have found interesting. Like, I do like how they incorporated the movies into the film so you know he's like oh what do you want to do tonight oh our favorite film is on you want to watch it's like of course we're never going to say no and then it goes right into the film so they did put it into the game so you don't necessarily have to go to the orion theater to watch everything but same thing you know if you start watching it and you want to exit out it just you know continues with the story um you can't go back into where you left off the other things that you know you go to the bar and there's darts and you walk up to darts i'm like oh that'd be really fun to just play darts you can't no darts for you, JP. No darts. What, what about the bowling alley? You can't bowl either. Yeah, that was an interesting... I guess that's an Australian bowling alley. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like an open open field, like enclosed field with... It looked like bocce ball. It looked like bocce, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like the, the film is minimalistic in the sense like you walk around and there's not super details, but I thought it was very interesting. I did have a problem with the... I guess the ease of it, it, it really just feel more like we're going to just hold your hand and you're going to get through this game, whether you're a good gamer or not, because we're literally telling you what to do. Like, exit the room, talk to this, answer the phone. <laughs> um, and that, you know, to me was just like, okay, like, why am I playing this in a sense as opposed to just watching it? Um, I did like that, you know, you talked to the toaster. I thought that was funny. That you, you, you're like I even posted this. I'm like, oh, I'm on a first name basis with the toaster. I think his name was Nigel. And he's like, hey, Nigel. The case stone. I'm just like little quirks like that. I found to be very funny. I don't know if the intent was to be like a B side movie in terms of the dialogue a little bit. Yeah, maybe it was. Hopefully, I'm not insulting the 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 voice actors by saying that. But you know, I thought. I thought it was an interesting interactive movie. I, it's not really a game. I mean, there's not really much you're doing except going from point A to point B. There's no real exploration. Like, you really can't get lost in the game because each of the few settings are small enough that you you really can't get stuck. So the, the purpose of the game is to get through it. 
I would have liked a little more resolution in terms of like what Barry talked about with, with his name being Roy. I feel like they just did not explain that at all. I do like that in the main menu there's a glossary of terms because some of the stuff I had no idea what they were. I'm, just, I'm not Australian. I don't know the lingo. He's calling Alex Chuki. I had to go on Google, and it's like, oh, Chuki is chicken, which makes sense. The character is a chicken. Um, but I just some of that stuff just was over my head. Was uh, it a chicken? I thought it was a little parakeet. <laughs> is he a parakeet? He's like green. Uh, I thought okay. it was a parakeet too. All right, maybe he's not a chicken. But that's but just that's... his nickname, though. Yeah, yeah. that's just like a pet name kind of deal. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it took me. I did it in a few bursts. I didn't play through it in just one sitting. But the game goes really fast, right? You talk. You have one scene where you're being interrogated, and then boom, you're in the next act. You talk to the bartender. You leave. Boom, it's another act. So that to me felt a little odd because I feel like they could have either just made the segments longer and have less individual acts. But overall, okay, $15 is a lot of money to play this. I think it is cool that they have at least Night of the Living Dead, which is the full movie, in there along with some shorts. I really do like that they took these, I think they're creative aspects to a game that you just don't normally see. Like, when do you go in a game and, and sit in a movie theater or listen to just a soundtrack aside from, like, Smash, Smash Brothers? Maybe they just have, like, an insane soundtrack list. But... I like those things. Overall, I think there needs to be improvements or how the game is done. I did notice there were some grammatical errors in the subtitles. Like, there was commas where they didn't need to be. There was period marks missing. So, like, a few things like that. Um, so, yeah. JP's going to complain about commas and periods, everyone. <laughs> just, this is just feedback, that's all. I'm not that's complaining. Okay. Um, he no, gets I, defensive about the little bit that he does. <laughs> Well, I don't like talking bad about anything, you know me, but, you know, we, you have to be fair, so I, the developer, you know, I talked to Convict Games, they even said, like, listen, people are going to love or hate the game, you read that in the description, so I think they know what they made is very artistic, very unique, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, I'm definitely not a walking simulator person, I just don't play a lot of those games, I like to explore a little bit, I don't like to have my hand held the entire time, but if I get stuck that's when I don't mind a little hint. So this was more like, just read the story, read what we're telling you to do, go do it, watch something, and then just keep moving on. So mm -hmm. in terms of a movie, yeah, I would I would have watched this movie. I think it's interesting enough to watch it. It's not a game, though. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't really call it a game. Um, with that said, I think people should check it out. I definitely think it's cool. It definitely has unique aspects to it. Maybe the developers will go back and add an extra epilogue or a side story a little bit. Maybe they can add, add a prologue of what his life was like beforehand. Uh, you never know. So I'm hoping we get a little bit more because I would revisit the character of Stone to kind of get the full picture. But that's my take on it. So, um, JP, did we have any feedback? I know you posted it. I posted it. Did we not, have any? So not really because it was it was new. Like we're just picking new games that are just coming out that's, I don't think people have had a chance to play yet. I'm scrolling through right now to see if anybody um, anybody did comment. I don't think I got any gameplay feedback. I saw people who thought it was really cool that you know the movies were included. It was stuff that they wanted to check out. Uh, but going through this, I don't see like actual feedback. Um, I will say this, though. Somebody did ask if it's going to be released on Android. Uh, they said that there's no plans for an Android release. Stone is on the App Store, Steam, Xbox, and the Switch. Hopefully you can play one of those and enjoy our Stoner Noir. Uh, other than that, no, I 
haven't seen any feedback. So, uh, maybe so then, so then, uh, when people give us feedback, we'll, we'll post it in a future episode. Um, I will say that you can prove with this episode that we play all of the genres. Um, so we're going to go from one end of the spectrum of Walking Simulator to our next game, which is the other end of the spectrum, which is an action game that is the spiritual successor to Castlevania III Dracula's Curse. And that game is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. We're not playing what? the new what game. Coincidence. <laughs> yeah, and I had to give... Uh, to that yesterday. And I had to give crap to... Uh, to JP on our group chat because we're like, hey, where's JP? He's probably sleeping because he decided to finally open his game and post it without tagging the playcast. <laughs> yeah. Of course I wasn't going to tag. I wasn't revealing anything. You're the one who responded going like, spoiler, and I go, uh-uh. I just showed the game. I got people talking about it. After this episode, I was going to be like, guess what we're playing and tag you both. But no, you're impatient. Children, children, please I settle down. I have, to, I have to get JP We're all adults here. <laughs> you know, I would like to say this, though. If you want to talk about feedback to a game, I have a little over 70 likes on this tweet that I made at, like, 2 in the morning with so much feedback about people loving the game that I have a feeling we're going to get some really good, interesting takes oh. on, on what people thought about it. So And, and don't worry. JP's getting overly defensive because Barry and I have already announced before we recorded that we're going to destroy him next week for something that we're not revealing right now. So, <laughs> not revealing it now till till our legendary episode fifty playcast. <laughs> on another note, I will not be on next week's episode. I will be hiding under the covers, afraid of what they're going to uh, slam me with. Because I'm a nice guy, I don't know what they could possibly find fault with me. We um, have you on recording <laughs> being the exact opposite i know because things will come full circle hey, JP, this was for... like three weeks ago you gotta let things go you gotta just mail me the game and let them go <laughs> i like what you did there uh, i like the deflection jp <laughs> but i but let me just say this um so we're playing bloodstained curse of the moon by inti creates it was brought physically by limited run games yep they had i think one of the coolest classic editions of they a did. My favorite um, so far. NES box style, styled in the Konami style, like the gray box. They had, the only time I've seen it, a custom NES style sleeve, like those black sleeves you put over the cartridge for the Switch case itself. I thought that was a beautiful touch. And, and um, also, JP, but, not only is yeah. it stylized like a classic NES box with the classic Konami silver, but it was also... It was also done with the artwork by Tom Dubois, who mm -hmm. did the artwork for Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Yeah. So, <laughs> spiritual successor to the game with the same cover artist. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they they hit a home run with this release, and everybody's just like, it's one. Some people were saying that this was their first uh, limited run games release that they bought. They haven't stopped since then, and yeah. then other people just said that it's their first ever. Yeah, first ever. A few people said first ever release. People said so, so good. Hell yes, great game. So I'm very excited to do a poll. We haven't done a poll in a while, but this game is old enough and has been around long enough that I yeah. think we're going to get some really good feedback that I'm looking forward to reading. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I haven't played it. I opened it up last night. I looked at the manual inside. They talk about the four characters, which I'm really happy about because they give you their 
strengths and weaknesses, which I think will come into play. But yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking forward to playing this one for our legendary 50th episode. That's right, and there's like multiple ways you can play this game. Um, it'll be super cool to talk about it and see how everybody likes it. Plus, you know, the mm-hmm. action style. It's gonna be it's gonna be a brutal one, which is gonna be fun. So, so have you played this? Oh yeah, I, I was a. Yeah. Uh, I think Barry and I were both Kickstarter backers, mm-hmm. so we got it both was, free digitally before the physical I came. Was a, I was a. I was a backer too, and I I got the digital. I didn't play it, but uh, how yeah. long would you say the game is? Oh, it's super short. It's just like an NES game. It's not super long. Probably get it done in an hour or so. Um, and but you there's play, multiple endings, right? Multiple endings, multiple playthroughs, multiple ways to play it. So it's nice. like if we're, I'm <laughs> going to. I only played through it one time back in the day. I'm going to try to go through and get all of the endings this time around. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to do it once. And okay. I'm, I don't remember which ending I I previously got. So it's going to be interesting to see what I yeah. get this time. Oh, yeah, but you do sure. have to play through it multiple times to see the different endings, though? You do because there are certain things that we're not going to spoil right now that you do yeah, perfect. that um, that change how the game plays. It's really cool. Um, and, and I'll compare and contrast all the differences between this game and Dracula's Curse as well because I'm very familiar with the NES version. What's so, also interesting <laughs> is this is almost like, this is like a, a side story prequel slash alternate universe to Ritual of the Night. Yep. Like, it's the same character mm-hmm. as Ritual of the Night, but it's a, it's it's not really a prequel because the characters are in different places in this mm-hmm. game, so it's almost like two different universes. Um, but so we may have to play both back-to-back and yeah. Ritual of the Night is an amazing game. It's much mm-hmm. bigger, though. Like Yeah, before we, before we spoil everything... content to fix it, though? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I said, didn't they yeah. make a lot of improvements? Yeah, so maybe maybe this could be a good uh, back-to-back kind of thing to do because we I'm, haven't really done two games in the same series. Well, I mean, I Ritual of the Night is a Metroidvania, so there's a lot to it. Um, however, I am 100% for that because I agree with Barry. The game's amazing, too. Um, but before mm-hmm. we spell anything else, we'll save it for next episode. Um, sure, that sounds good. So let's go into what we got in over the week. Um I, as always, will go first since I got the tiniest amount out of everybody. Um, (laughs) That's why I always go first, everybody, because I literally get in like a couple things. Um, So one game that I got in, which I think you guys got in a while ago, I finally got in Bubble Bobble for Friends. Um, Unlike Barry, my uh, little coaster, Bubble Coaster, did not get broken, thank goodness. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's cool. I haven't opened it yet because um, I've had family over. Um, but it looks cool. Uh, I, I know you can unlock the original Bubble Bobble Arcade in it as well, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. I look forward to playing that one. That could be a future episode. Um, I do think that That'd we should fun. do we should do a combination of indie games like we've been doing for the last month or so, actually, and some older releases or like some of these limited releases. Um, so, so I got a I Bubble Bobble. F- say, yeah. I will say that I think I've convinced myself that I really, really, really want to play through all of Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, we need Jeff. Um, yes, you know, do. The more, the more I watch it, I know, I know. The more you guys talk about it, the more I watch about it, and I have never played it. I didn't play it for the Wii. I didn't play it for the 3DS. Not to get off topic, but I know we've been talking about making this one of our our long play cast uh, games, but I think this is the next like big game I'm going to be playing. Yeah, so... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going into a blind, knowing literally nothing about the entire Xenoblade universe. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's coming out soon. So I'm, that's all I'm thinking about is that oh. we're like two weeks oh, yeah. away from the, <laughs> yeah. probably the biggest release in May, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, let's see, Mr. Interrupting JP. Um, I also, yesterday in the mail, got in my, what I mentioned last episode, the GameStop deal. Uh, It was $16 for Darksiders Genesis. Got that in the mail. Um, So, that's cool. (laughs) That's where I hold off on stuff and don't get it day one like JP and Barry, and I actually get a lot (laughs) of cool deals later. Um, I will, mark my words, and you guys can throw it in my face later, that I will probably end up pain later when it comes to like oh i waited on this game and now it's like 200 dollars. like it's gonna happen but like i can't yeah. go yeah. down that rabbit hole where i buy everything day one because my wife will kill me um if you think about it though that if you get all these games on deal and then you do have to spend more on one game you're probably still making out ahead yeah yeah you do um so, uh, and I'm not like JP where I worry if somebody else gets it and I don't have it. Like, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> it's like he does. Please, I'm complimenting you here. You see and someone else. In my face. That's right, I do. I'm just giving you, giving you payback. Oh, forget that. I take it yeah. back. You're going to pay an arm and a leg. Good luck finding those games. Ah, yeah. Um, so the <laughs> other things that I got, I did get a Switch Player, the newest Switch Player magazine on issue 39, which has Wonderful mm-hmm. 101 on the cover. Um, got nice. that in the mail. Uh, realized through talking to JP that he didn't know how to how Patreon works, even though that's a Patreon only magazine. So I didn't understand that. But uh. sorry. <laughs> um, the other thing that I got in, which is something I backed on Kickstarter, uh, I got in a book for ukulele, like a comic book called Crackle Land. Oh. I want to say Cracklestone, Cracklestone, and it's a big hardcover like manga comic book of ukulele. So really cool. Um, Another series that we have played a little bit on and talked yep. about in the Playcast. But um, it's cool to see that getting an expanded universe. So it's like taking a, a modern day game that's not quite, you know, uh, up there in the, you know, third party, first party stratosphere, but going like almost indie and then getting elevated, which is really cool. I like to see that mm-hmm. kind of stuff get thrown out there. Um, so what did you get in, Barry? Ha <laughs> ha, JP. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so, like, against JP. Well, he doesn't want me to go through my, like, 20 games I got in just yet. I know. He's, oh. JP is going chopping at the bit. No repeats, JP. <laughs> I know, I know. No repeats. No, actually, I didn't get in a lot this week. I did get in the uh, construction machine simulator uh, from Europe. And I have more coming from Funbox, the the BB and Tina's, which I know you got, and the Super Kickers, but they haven't arrived yet. The big Where'd thing you I got from uh, Fun the Funbox. Did you use my five percent off coupon? I did. I Good, used man. 5%. Good man. Good um, man. I'm not gonna lie, JP. Anytime I check out at any website now, I put in Switch Mania just to see if it gets me five percent. <laughs> like I'm like, damn, he doesn't have a deal with this company. <laughs> <laughs> but the big the big thing I got in, which we which. Uh, We've, we've actually talked about previously on, on this cast, was my package that was shipped in April, or was shipped in March, actually. <laughs> then in April, was stuck in customs in Chicago. Finally got out at the end of April. May 4th was the last update, and then suddenly I got an update like on May 14th. Like, oh yeah, here it is. It's, it's going to be here. And that was uh, my PlayAsia box from, with uh, Oniken and Autolith Collection. Nice. <laughs> 
that finally showed up uh, after a month and a half of being, you know, in shipment hell. And I've got a bunch of other stuff from PlayAsia, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to see those for a while. But, yeah, that's really all I got. Uh, it's just been a, a very slow week uh, in terms of mail because of most of the stuff I have now is overseas because American games aren't really coming out right now. And nope. overseas shipment and delay is, is, is ridiculous. So it's slow going, except if you're JP. Except if you're JP, yes. So JP, go on with your 100 games that you've got. Sure. So I got pretty much all imports because, like you said, nothing's really coming out here right now. And we'll talk about what's coming out next week, which is super light uh, Mm -hmm. all around the world. But I got in some new physical German releases uh, because I'm the only one buying them, so I keep them in business. I got Bard's Gold, uh, and I got Seasons Match HD, which is ironic because the Seasons Match... 1 and 2 HD came out a while back, I think as a physical, and then they released the first one on its own in Germany as a digital code. So pick those up. They finally arrived. Uh, I also got in, I'm just scrolling through my images, I got my Tetsu, the Asian cover, uh, a- Asian-English cover, because I only had the Asian cover before that, and clearly I need to have the English one, so I got that. And I think, Barry, you got that too? Which one was that? My Tetsu. Yeah, I got that. Yep. So we have that. And so I have a spare one now for sale if anybody wants it. Uh, then also what I got in, I'm just scrolling, I got some anime, which I'm not going to talk about. Uh, I got, <laughs> okay, from Australia, there is a new Australian exclusive on a cart. It's AFL Evolution 2, which I believe is the Australian Football League. So they made a game for the Switch. It came out, and I have it. Uh, and for anyone keeping track, the other Australian exclusives is Farlap which is like a horse racing betting simulator game. And that is on a cart as well. And then there's two digital codes and cases, which is Big Bash Boom and Cricket 19. So apparently they really like their sports exclusives, and I will keep buying them. Uh, Then also I got in the mail a Japan-only game, Japanese-only game. It's called Let's Catch the Lion. I had no idea what this game was even after buying it. I literally went on Amazon (laughs) Japan. I went from cheapest to most expensive, and I said, okay, time to buy another one. So I bought this one that looked like a kitty game. It's literally like cartoon faces of a lion, a bunny rabbit, a dog, a cat. And I'm like, that looks cute. Why not? And after I bought it, I did some research, and it's a children's game of how to play shogi. Or shoji. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, and what's really cool about this is that the person who made the game is a professional shoji player. And they have a website where they create a one-page color guide on how to play the children's game, which is a match to how to play the Switch game. So as long as I can translate the, you know, the text, I'm going to learn how to play this game. I think it's pretty cool. So I picked that up. Then also in the mail, I got some uh, Red Art games. So I had bundled uh, Red Art games, so I didn't get it when it first came out, but I got the Riddled Corpses X and the Demetrios... Um, Xenon Valkyrie Plus Bundle. So it's two games. Real Corpses X was one, and Demetrios and Xenon Valkyrie Plus was the other. So they both came in. Uh, really cool by Cowcat, and they both have slip covers, which I love. So those came in. I also got in my Funbox games, which was the English versions of BB and Tina, Adventures with Horses, and At the Horse Farm. So it's actually two games for those of you keeping track of horsey games. They were previous German releases only which supports English, but now there's UK releases with English uh, covers. I also got the Construction Machine Simulator 
And I got Super Kickers League Ultimate. So those were the last four games I got. So it was a pretty slow week for me. Um, <laughs> pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm telling you, I must be addicted because, like, when the day goes by now, because of all these delays with COVID and I'm not getting, like, shipments, I'm just, like, going crazy. I'm just, like, I really want to have a Switch game in my hand, like a new one. And then yesterday, problem. like, six games come in, <laughs> and I spend, like, ten minutes. I'm going, like, this is nice. I'm, like, all right, what else is coming in? Um, and I'm really <laughs> upset. Like, this is this is how crazy I am now. So He met his crazy. From, <laughs> I had bought from Shop for Megastore. Two other uh, UK only game, well, UK games that had come out, and I haven't gotten them in yet. It's been like two weeks. I paid the, like the three dollars for slightly faster shipping. COVID is holding it up. There's no tracking, so I have no idea where they are. But I still haven't gotten in the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Four, yeah. and I haven't gotten in Snooker Nineteen Gold Editions. Um, so what's bothering me is like I really want Naruto, and every day I'm just like, should I just buy it from somewhere else? I'm like, no, let me wait, see if it comes in. Hasn't come in. So I finally went on Play Asia. They had one copy of the UK one left. I bought like two other like Japanese games. I paid for the ridiculously expensive shipping, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna hopefully end up with two copies at some point. But I just need to play this Naruto game. Like I've just been wanting. This is the game I've been wanting in May, and it's just I still haven't gotten it. Um, so I finally just bought it twice. That's how crazy I am. So someone <laughs> someone's gonna see it listed on Twitter at some point for sale at like a discount. So. Yeah. JP always pays um, it forward. <laughs> I do. You know what? I I buy these games like like the Maitetsu, like the Asian one that I have supports English. I don't need you know two copies, so I I see what it's going for on eBay and I drop it like ten dollars, and it's still sealed. So I think somebody will buy it. They don't care what text is on the cover, and I have a few of those. Like I have a few like duplicates now. Um, even like the BB and Tina, I'll probably sell my German ones because I don't necessarily need that. And they're still sealed, and somebody will want them, and I'll just sell them at a discount. So, you follow me, you get good deals. Well, um, the other thing is, JP, is if they ever open up conventions again, like when we start going to some East Coast conventions, you can just have them there on the oh, table with the Switch like collector. Hold them, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I fun. think we should talk about. So, I think that's every. So, nothing really came out, as far as I know, looking mm-hmm. at my list this week in the U.S. Next week, we have one game supporting English worldwide. Arcade. Arcade Spirit. It came out already in the UK. We're getting the US release from PQ Games. Uh, it looks cool. It's a visual novel set in, I think, the 80s arcade scene. Uh, it's one that visually looks really appealing. I'm looking forward to it. I, I may even open it up and play it. I haven't played visual novel games yet, so uh, I, I may check that one out. But that is really the only thing that is announced so far, which is insane. I mean, it's, it is super slow right now, which is a good thing for our wallets, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that with limited publishers, we always get announcements. And I mention that because this past week we got some surprise drops and we also got some planned announcements. And I feel like we're heading towards the end of the month. We may hear something soon from Strictly Limited Games. I think limited run games we have, we, you know, Shantae. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I have no idea. Shantayo. It's Shantayo. Shantayu. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he can say stuff. All right, Shantae. Shantae. Okay. Shantae. So Shantae went up for open pre-order this week. I'm sure we'll hear some new announcements from them soon. Uh, but as of right now, it's a slow week. What I'm referring to about this past week was yeah. I Am 8-Bit dropped the oh, new game no. on us. No. Yeah, I thought you were going was... toward a different trip. First party announcement transition. Jeez. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've got Paper Mario, the Origami King. Nintendo just loves to do these Thursday morning drops. I, well, I swear to God, I wake up, and all of a sudden people are posting. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I And the funny thing was is, like, we talked about it on the Playcast with the leak that there was going to be Mario games, and the most outlandish one that everybody was like, there's no way that this is true, because they said, oh, we're getting a bunch of Mario stuff and a new Paper Mario, and they're like, they're not doing a new Paper Mario. This yeah. is bogus. What's the first thing they had asked? <laughs> <laughs> Paper, Mario. Paper Mario. What the hell? <laughs> well, this this tells me that there's not going to be a June direct. No, because yeah, there's no. no reason they would let this drop on a random yeah. Thursday instead of putting in an E3 June direct. Yeah. Um, because and that's it. And that saddens me more than anything because E, you know, June E3, like that's like a gamer Christmas with these announcements. Well, well I will tell you, like, you uh, Nintendo stuff. I know, I, and it's like losing that. And I will, I will tell you, fun. though, Barry, that it's it's the thing that actually is disappointing isn't that they're not doing a Nintendo Direct. Um, it's that the, Nintendo's going to do these announcements, but what I like about the Directs is what saddens me, which is that there's a lot of little games in there that people will find yeah. out about instead of just, like, Paper Mario. Great, yeah, that's awesome, but, like, yeah. there's also all the other stuff, and those developers are now not getting focus either, unless they do, like, the Nindies, which a lot of people don't watch because it's not Nintendo Direct. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh... I, I think the other thing that I'm sad about is that with, with the Direct, everybody knows the date and time. We all prepare for it in different ways. Like me, I take extended lunches. I take a half day. I work from home. I get ready for it. I do the live tweeting. It's the pre-orders open. I mean, not, <laughs> not everybody... But a lot of people are watching it at the exact same time. We're all getting hyped. We're all learning about it at the exact same time, plus or minus a few seconds because of you know our lag and, and internet connection. But with these, even though the trailer is super short, I'm not a super big fan because I like to know when these things are coming. Like It's fun to get a surprise drop, but it's not fun when everyone's talking about it and you're just learning about it secondhand. JP like, doesn't like, like to, to be like, the last to know is what I'm hearing. No, I, I like to be on the YouTube channel seeing the Nintendo logo, and all of a sudden the screen cuts, and that first trailer just goes, no talking, just a trailer. And then it goes into somebody you know, saying, welcome, here we go, got 20 minutes or so. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like these directs are like a fun community event where yep. we all can't be together, but we're all watching really the same thing. At the same time, everyone kind of knew about Paper Mario a few minutes after it dropped, so it's not like anyone's really learning about it now, I think, for the first time. Um, the other thing I will say is, I'm curious on your take, what if this was that final tease at the end of the Direct? Would you have been happy or disappointed? Me? So, I would have been happy. I mean, I, I like the Paper Mario games, especially if this is more of a return to form. Yeah. But I think, I think any time that they're going to do like that one more thing, <clears throat> this, it's not going to please everybody. There's right. no no game, even like when they did like Breath of the Wild too. Uh, I'm sure there are some people like, oh my god, no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, like the last direct we really had, the real September direct, they did uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. I was like, yes, what a great, great ending. Then the mini direct they ended with the Pokemon DLC yeah. thing that everyone was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, you might as well just do the fireworks from I, 2012. I will say though that like it's so like no problem doing surprise shops. It's a fun way to wake up on what you think is going to be a slow day, and all of a sudden. That's what ev that's what's trending. That's what everyone's talking about. You've already have like uh, Gonda Chris. That's her Twitter handle name. She's a Nintendo ambassador. She's already making origami characters. 
I see people uh, tweeting words now like origamibo, which is like <laughs> that's going to be a missed opportunity if you don't do that because it just works out perfectly. Um, but labo, really labo. That, oh yeah, labo would be I think a really interesting way to to kind of connect these now. But for me. Obviously, I think we are definitely getting these remasters, HDs of other Mario games. I, I definitely think those rumors are true in some form. I just really hope that this is something that's going to be announced ahead of time. Like, hey guys, tune in on Thursday. And June in reality, in answer to your question of, I think that would have been a perfect and one more thing on a Nintendo Direct. Like, Paper Mario, the way that they unveiled that trailer, like, it was meant for the end of a Nintendo Direct, because they even threw in all the little pieces of, like, you're gonna have following characters kind of like in Thousand Year Door, which fans have been asking for forever. Like, there's mm -hmm. a ton of little things in there. Um, somebody posted a picture, though, uh, of a, like, what the heck, Nintendo? And it literally shows, like, Mario sitting there with bob -omb, and it looks like Cloud sitting there with Barrett, like, shot for shot on the train from Final Fantasy VII. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's like, what the heck? They're saying, like, almost the same text, too. Like, Where is like, this? It was, Sorry, it was what, on the Twitter. Social media, JP. <laughs> if you find it, can yeah. you tag me? I'm yeah. curious. I didn't see that. I'm yeah. Curious what it looks like. I just randomly saw it when I was in, so I waking up in the morning. But I thought it was cool that they're doing some, like, meta throwbacks inside there, too, in the story. Mm-hmm. So you think that we're getting these so, damn remakes, JP, huh? So I do. And all I'm saying is something like this, like if you're going to do a Mario collection, like a new collection, not the ones that we've seen over time and time again, which is 1, 2, Lost Chapters 3, even World. But I mean, like, now we're seeing 64, Sunshine, those kind of games. I'm just really hoping that they announce it ahead of time just to say, like, hey, guys, tune in for a 17-minute presentation, and it's just Mario. Or they don't even say what it is. Like, that. I want because I want all of us watching that at the same time because you know that's going to be such a huge announcement, a huge release. Like you could probably do a direct on that alone to show, like even start teasing what some of the differences are going to be from the original. Because like in my mind, didn't the DS Mario 64 add additional stars? Like, yes, it did. We can bring that now into this one, like make it the definitive version. And I'm really curious, are these going to be if they're true, are they going to be separate releases? Are they going to be one big collection? Because you probably could put them together. And, I mean, just think how insane that is to see 64 GameCube games all together on one release as opposed to staggering them. Um, either way, I think I'd be happy with. But I definitely think we're going to be seeing more presentations in the weeks ahead. I, I am sad, though, that we don't get that one direct. Because as of right now, to me, June could be owned by limited run games with their E3 presentation. They've done it two years in a row that I've been watching, and to me, they just steal the show with their announcements. It's like announcement after announcement, I'm just like foaming at the mouth like, oh my God, we're getting this <laughs> physically now. Like, I, I kid you not, the first year they did the announcement when Oceanhorn was announced, I was driving to a conference, like a sales meeting. I was on the road when like 3 p.m. hit, I pulled to the side, and I was watching it on my phone, just going like, oh my God, I'm gonna be late to this meeting. I don't care. Like, it was just beautiful. Then last year, I took a half day. I came home, you know, ordered some lunch. I put it up on the TV because I think they were streaming it on Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. So I downloaded Twitch. I figured out how to log in. First time I'm watching Twitch. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. So to me, that's what I'm looking forward to now in June, considering there's no E3. But I'm really hoping that in the weeks ahead, we're seeing more of these presentations from Nintendo. Uh, because I, I definitely feel they have a lot to show. And they've already stated 
that, you know, there's more to come. So it's not like this is it for the year for them. Like, I definitely think we're going to be seeing some big titles. Well, let's hope. Damn, we need something. Yeah, I have something. <laughs> we need so something. Let's also talk about, yeah, let's also talk about what got announced. So Creature in the Well. Yeah. Um, I Am 8-Bit is doing a 2000 limited edition print run on their website. It's up right now. And I posted it last night, and I still have people going like, oh, my God, I didn't even know about this. I missed this. Thank you. Just pre-ordered. And then the other half of people are going, well, where's the other 3,000 copies? Because we know Nintendo of America requires 5,000 <laughs> print runs. Well, we've already <laughs> seen Video Games Plus in Canada put up the game. We have, I have a good feeling that it's going to follow suit with their other ones where a standard edition is going to come to Best Buy probably. So I think that's where the other 3,000 copies are going. I just um, like how a have... company like that, JP, tries to create an artificial scarcity by going, we only have 2,000 copies, and then the whole community is like, bullshit. Here you go. Well, no. All right. They have 2,000 copies of their limited edition. I know, but they're literally playing games yeah. with the fear of missing out, trying to make sure that the JPs of the world foam at the mouth and, and hype, <laughs> and it's like... But it's interesting to me because, like, you see that, and I've actually seen some criticism um, of limited companies, like, doing this a little more and more to try to uh, garner sales. Because, I mean, we see some companies out there that still have some other limited editions for sale for, like, a month afterward and mm. they're not selling out as quickly. So they're trying to figure out ways to hype, but I've seen collectors be critical of mm -hmm. trying to do stuff like that, saying, we're only doing 2,000 copies um, of this limited edition, but then it's like, well, but if I want to get it, I can get it faster at Best Buy when it comes in. <laughs> my, my one criticism is that I'm just not a fan of surprise. We talked about just now with these presentations yeah. and surprise drops. I'm not a fan of surprise um, pre-orders because if you know you're going to have 2,000 copies and it's just a limited edition, let's just ignore standard. I'm not a fan of finding out through like an email going like, oh, it's up right now. There's only 2,000 copies. It's like, why not just give us a heads up? Like, let people plan, get more people onto your site as opposed to like everyone. I don't want to say it's a mad rush because it hasn't sold out. You can still pre-order it, you know, almost a week later. So it's available. But, you know, for collectors like us, it's just like, we're going to buy it. Just let us know ahead of time. Give us a few days. And a few companies like to do same day, one day announcements. And it's just, to me, that makes no sense. Like, I don't know what it's trying to, like, what that end goal is because I don't feel it makes anybody happy. The people who want to pre-order it, what a pre-order if you told us a week ago that it's coming on Tuesday at, at noon or 1 p.m. as opposed to at 12 o'clock, it's like, oh, it's live. So to me, I'm just, I just don't get that. Um marketing strategy or tactic if you want to call it i'm a big fan of like hey guys we've got the game coming stay tuned for your email you know sign up to our yeah that's a good way to get you onto your email list like say like hey you want to be the first to know we've got a game coming just sign up and then give us a few days like am i wrong here do you agree with that do you think you're fine doing same day no Don't i mean to talk i i i agree there, there's pros and cons to it on both uh avenues there's definitely for the developers or the, the the publishers. It's definitely a pro to letting people know in advance, let them prepare, mm -hmm. because they get the word out. They get you know like you said sign up for newsletters. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. Um, for those with you know the fear of missing out, oh, there's only going to be like uh, Red Art does like the nine 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 setup. Mm -hmm. um, like oh my god, um, they they almost feel like if they're kind of like in that loop already they don't want other people in that loop so just mm -hmm. drop it quickly boom i'm ready to go and i think right now with with this covid nightmare so many people are, are at home 
So if it is just a drop right now, more people are apt to go do it. But mm-hmm. I can't, you know, even even when there's schedules, there's times that you, even if you know, sometimes you just forget. And I can't tell you how many yeah. times like I knew, like, oh, at 11 o'clock a.m., uh, this is going to go on, for, you know, for pre-order. And I'm just like, whatever. I'm not paying attention. I'm I'm upstairs. I check my you know phone at 11:30, and I look at my email. Go, oh crap! And I run downstairs. Like, oh my god, I missed it. You know, too many times, Barry. Too many times. <laughs> too many times. Like, oh crap, that went up. Uh, thankfully, I haven't missed things like that. But but even limited run, there are times where I forgot to set an alarm, and I, I've missed out, and I had to go to six o'clock time instead. Um, there's pros and cons to it all, but. I mm-hmm. think if there's one so, thing this has shown us is that there's an interest in this, so hopefully they keep producing. Yes. So let me do two more points. One is, again, thanks to Limited Run Games for opening up open pre-orders now on collector <laughs> mm-hmm. editions. I think that's, that's awesome because especially yeah. like Shantae, everybody loves Yay! it. It's open pre-order. It's got all the goodies in it. So that's nice that you know you get four weeks to pre-order it. You can, you can, you can plan, because I see a lot of people going like, oh, I'm going to wait because I can bundle it with other games that they'll announce, save on shipping. And I always tell people, I'm like, just don't forget. Because so many times I yeah. see people forget to pre-order, which I, I hate seeing. I really don't like seeing that. Like, I want to get every game, but I don't ever want anyone else to miss out. Like, whether there's 10 copies of a game or 10,000 copies, like, I, my goal always has been and still is, Everyone knows what's coming out, and hopefully, if they want it, they buy it. If, you know, if they can. So when people, when pre-orders close a month later, and they're like, "Oh my god, I forgot!" I, the first thing in my mind, I'm like, "How did you forget?" Like I talk about it every day, <laughs> um, and I know you talk with me, so you've been seeing it. So hopefully, nobody forgets to pre-order that because uh, another thing is the Star Wars games, the Jedi um, Outcast, Jedi Academy games. They're going to be closing for pre-order a week from today. So next Sunday at 11:59 p.m., it shuts down. So I hope. You know, nobody forgets to pre-order the regular editions or that dual pack with the exclusive slipcover. The other thing is, on Friday, we saw uh, Skybound Games open up pre-orders once again for Skull Skull Girl Second Encore, just the game. So it was $30. And anybody else find it interesting that two things. One, the page was not up on their site until it went live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And two... There was 250 copies available. That's they didn't weird. tell that to anybody. And I literally was like, I, I knew what the where the product page was with all their other games, and I had a feeling they would just you know reveal like make it visible of of this game, which they did. So I refreshed it. You click on it, and the first thing it says is only 250 copies. And I'm like, okay, you couldn't have told people that. Like I feel like you knew there wasn't going to be that many. You knew there's big demand for. It. Why not let people prepare ahead of time? Like. That bothered me because I, I think it took all of a minute for it to sell out, which is not surprising. Um, so that's just another situation where I'm just like, to me, I feel like that's just really poor communication. And we've seen that from, from Skybound like over and over with this release. Like They just have not been consistent with their message. They told people, yeah, we're going to do it in retail. Then we're not going to do it in retail. Then the GameStop listing just pops up mysteriously. Then they say they're going to put more on their website. They don't give you the link. They don't give you... I mean, they don't tell you the quantity. I just, I don't get this. Like, like you go, like to your point, Jeffrey, they're creating this artificial hype, um, and it drives me crazy because, like, that's not what I want to see in the community. I want people to just be well informed. And if you're only gonna have 250 copies, you tell people that. Like, you let them know, hey, we're gonna have 250. Like, here's the page. Be logged in. Be ready to get it. But no, it's just like it's like a mad rush, and it's just it's crazy. So, I'm not a fan of that. 
Yeah, it sucks to have, like, anxiety and frustration over any yeah. release. And, I mean, you're right. Communication would greatly help at all of oh, that. Yeah. And, I mean, there's still, though, there's still be a mad rush. As soon as it's announced, people would yeah, freak out. Yeah, not everyone is going to get it. Um, you also saw Special Reserve Games have their second chance sale for My Friend Pedro, which was with the game or just the accessories. They had Griff, which was just the accessories. It wasn't the game. And then Metal Wolf Chaos for the PS4. And it had it at the same time. So, obviously, companies really, you know, they don't necessarily are required to talk to each other. But it just stunk that they were both at the same time. They just happened to be. So, you know, I saw people going like, oh, I jumped on here. I got it. But I missed out on the other site. So, you know, that's, that's always a shame. It's just, it, you know, it's going to happen with, with the companies. What I will say, though, is there is one game that has been teased about as a going for sale in May. It hasn't yet. But it's Gunlord X from the NG dev team. Yeah, um, it's still planning. It's still planning on going. Like I reached out to them. I said, "Hey, you know, we're in the middle of May. We're nearing the end of May. Is this still happening?" And they go, "Yep, it's still happening. We're just a small team. We're getting things ready." But just let you know, just as you know, set it as a mental reminder that Gunlord X is going to be sold exclusively through their website. There's not a lot of copies, the regular, right? The regular, I think, will be more in abundance than the highly limited limited edition one. Which yeah. um, I have to go back and see what quantity they stated because they did put it somewhere. Um, but it's not going to be a lot, and it, it is going to have you know different uh, goodies and, and whatnot. So it hasn't gone live yet. It's not on their website. So if you go, you click on the switch page on their website. It just says coming soon, um, but it doesn't even show what the game is. Like it doesn't show like oh Gunlord X is coming soon. It just says games are coming soon. So I constantly am checking the site like multiple times a day because I hope that they're going to announce the time, but. There's never a guarantee, and clearly I'm not going to want to miss out. So that's going to be probably like the next big May uh, pre-order sale game will be Gunlord X. So just uh, follow them. It's ngdevteam on Twitter, and make sure you create your account on their website, and you're just following them. So we should expect Gunlord X very soon. Nice. You all right? You didn't breathe too much there, JP. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. (laughs) Wow. That was like a record. Excitement. I know. I I have so much to say and just uh, no breath to say it. Then. <laughs> <sighs> well, okay, JP, so JP really does try week? say you do try to keep things under an hour and a half. When you start getting close, you start getting faster like the micro machine, man. <laughs> 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 it's time to speed up JP just a bit. Oh, I will say that... Um, oh, no, I don't I'm speed up anything, it. listeners. Just... <laughs> No, no, I speed up. I speed up, JP. <laughs> um, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but remember the Etsy website that had the custom booklets for yeah. uh, a few first-party Switch games? So he reached out to me. He said he got them back in stock, which means he was able to manufacture more of them. And instantly I posted that, and people just went to that site and started just like free, like purchasing the three that they had. So I haven't gotten mine in yet. I don't know if you guys gotten nope, it in. I think yet. there's just a delay with with COVID-19, because some people are getting them in already. We say um, small team, like it's one dude, um, and yeah. I've been chatting with him since our episode, and just basically because he knows I'm a book publisher, and, you know, because I have mm-hmm. to get that uh, comment that I have to always harp on about the uh, listener comment. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the other side, though, he, we were going over the nuances of quality, how to print in the best style, like what route he should go, layouts, all that stuff. Um, it, he's super, super happy and humbled of mm-hmm. from the support that he's gotten from the community, and hopefully he's able to meet everyone's expectations. That's what he hopes. 
Yeah, and he did already mention about the next one he is planning to work on, which is Mario Kart, uh, Link's Awakening. There may have been one or two others that he had responded to in the tweet, so definitely looks like he's sticking with the first-party games, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to start adding uh, you know, those manuals to those empty cases. Uh, but definitely check them out. I mean, it's, uh, it looks to be really good quality, but like I said, I haven't gotten it in yet, but the people who have seem to be very happy with it. And yeah. I think it's a, it's a nice way to fill a void in in the physical realm well, of, of well, and releases. I think this is a perfect opportunity, JP, for us to use the Switch Mania Playcast influence at, if we do a back-to-back Bloodstain and say we need Bloodstain Ritual tonight. Because Curse yeah. of the Moon has oh, an amazing, it, yeah. <laughs> Curse of the Moon has an amazing one. Ritual of the Night as backers, we got the short end of the stick, and like it's the laziest release. We got a release. slip cover. We got a slip, we did co- a slip cover. We got a slip cover. A oh, slip cover. oh yeah. Woo-hoo. But but like literally, um, I'm going to be selfish and ask for things that are in my top games list, which there's really only a couple that don't have it, including Mario Kart Eight. Uh, like Doom, <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven is up in my top games, Barry, <laughs> and and, uh, and like Sonic Mania doesn't like. There's some some glaring games that are worthy of a manual, and I would love to see it. So I mean, Smash Brothers might need one. I, I don't know, maybe uh, might be a, <laughs> a, a, a pretty Smash small. Brothers should shouldn't have one until after all DLC pack two is announced, so they could do one with all the characters there. If he wants to do mm-hmm. the character breakdown, yeah. And I think with Smash, it would make sense. Because there's multiple ways that I've seen, like, classic NES manuals written. Um, so, like, it all depends on what route you go to with it. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, a fighting game, why would you not do a bio on every character? Mm-hmm. Like, and That would be a giant manual, by the way. Just like the giant tutorial manual that Mario Maker 2 would have. Like... Like, there's some awesome stuff out there. He has a, a cool opportunity, uh, and as long as he does it right, Nintendo won't shut him down. Like, mm. yeah. He won't let that happen. He will only get so big. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think so, where, where can everybody find us? Oh, so as always, JP... Um, people can find me at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and the Twitter and Instagram is at Hagen's Alley Books. Um, this podcast, as well as all of my books, are available at Hagen'sAlley.com. And you can still pre-order the Switch Opedia, the Switch Collector Volume 1 on Switchopedia.com or Hagen'sAlley.com. Volume 2 is in the works. And when I say Volume 2, I mean Volume 2. Because Year 2 is going to be two volumes, um, each over 400 pages apiece. So we're looking at 800 pages just for Year 2 of the Switchopedia. Barry. You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. JP. You can find me at jpswitchmania.com, jpswitchmania, everywhere else on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I'm going to be launching another giveaway today through uh, one of the four games of Funbox Media. So we'll be releasing, or we'll do a giveaway of all four of their games staggered over the next week or two. So definitely check out the pinned tweet for that. And then also, always for your reviews and weekly releases, check out jpswitchmania.com. And of course, always watch listen and subscribe to the Switch Mania Playcast 
and Switchopedia Saturdays when Jeffrey decides to record them. And JP, I do think people are going to be watching me on HGTV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this. <laughs> so a little quick. In a hurry is a new show. <laughs> you want me to go? Yes, you can. You can promote yourself. I was letting JP promote me. I like it. All right. So House in a Hurry is a new HGTV show where, as the name suggests, people need to find a house in a hurry. And our very own Jeffrey Wittenhagen will be on tonight's episode. So it's a brand new episode tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I believe. Yeah, so it's yep. on yep. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, but on the HGTV website, it shows all of the airings that are coming up. Because when he says tonight, he means 17 May, the, the day we're recording on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, but like, there, I did see there's one on Monday also. Yeah, there's, there's a ton, and it'll be on repeat, and it's going to freak me out when I see myself on a TV. Like going, oh my god! I'm I will say, I watched, <laughs> I watched the clip and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you've used the word feng shui before in person to me. And I'm like, I heard it on the show and I've heard that live before. And that's a, I think, a Jeffrey catchphrase. Oh, uh, oh, don't worry. I say more one-liners than any episode that's aired on this show. Like I told people, like, how many do you think I'm gonna say? Like, I commented um, in episode the episode before us it, that was recorded, which was like 105. Mm -hmm. We're episode 10, but we're like 106 according to the air, like the recording. We're aired as episode 10, but the pro wrestler Kevin Thorne slash Mordecai from WWF was the realtor, and I say more catchphrases than him. <laughs> I do more quit. <laughs> I tag. I, I he uh, he always tags House in a Hurry since his episode, and I just I messaged him or sent a message with the tag on there and said, "Hey, I think I did more than you." And he added me on on Instagram and was like, "I look forward to seeing it." And That's awesome. So That's we awesome. got a got a pro wrestler uh, contact now for the Switch Mania Playcast. <laughs> and I will say that if you can't watch it live, the HGTV uh, app. So like on Roku and all the other devices, they have the show we checked, so we know that it'll get put up there. Uh, so you can keep rewatching Jeffrey as many times as you'd like. Oh my god! If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it should yeah, be interesting. And then we, we've been continually since the show's been on. They send us episodes because we're doing a secondary show for it where we're doing reactions to the episodes, and we got to react to our own episode. Mm -hmm. So that'll be funny. Like. That's awesome. Because I already got to watch it, and it's it's a wild episode. Um, and I think they're going to swerve everyone. They're trying. I can tell they're trying to swerve everyone. So we'll see. We'll see who if anybody can predict what house we're going to get. Um, but anyways, uh, we will see you next week when we will be talking about Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. And take it easy, and see you next week. Bye. Have a good one. Science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmland tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. <laughs>